Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now all right should we i don't even know what episode we are um it's an episode i don't know let's we don't have to like we're just coming back. Everybody's confused as to what episode we're on. So, um, except it tells them when they're listening to it. Well, yeah, but you just you only have to worry about that when you're making the vote. One thirty-five. So it's you who starts it. Oh shit! Can we just oh. say that was the start? One thirty-five. <laughs> Welcome back, bitches. Um, uh, sorry for the. Uh, longer than planned hiatus uh probably gonna happen again yeah it's probably gonna happen again sorry we have a lot going on in our lives right Um, now it was like between christina being in and out of the hospital slash her family also having medical issues and then dad went in and out of the hospital yeah and then i have the wedding planning stuff and we're right on that like edge of less than a month so i'm gonna be constantly doing stuff and then listen, September is just going to be, we're going to have a break in September, the end. We're going to have to because Christina's going to be traveling. I'm going to be traveling. Amanda's going to lose it pretty listen soon. Listen here, here, you bitch. You I can hear it. <laughs> she's right on the brink of sanity. <laughs> she's very close to taking a grippy sock vacation. And well, I, I, uh, <laughs> I told Chris, I'm like, the closer we get, the more I'm like, can we just not? like just you know just go somewhere and do it and not do the whole party but at the same time like that's what I'm looking forward to and like you know that's what we've put all of our time and effort and money into so so no so probably not but after after (laughs) after the wedding all of my extra money is going to decor for the fall and the Halloween this is Halloween and I get to come see you for Halloween in person as long as you're not ill. Slash no, nothing else be. surprises anybody anything. It's fine. <laughs> What's up? How are you doing? Oh Jesus, Mary and Joseph. <laughs> I went heavy metal there for a minute. It's fine. fine. <laughs> nope, that was that was too too much. Did you watch the Snapchats I sent you last night? Yes. <laughs> of the of the wish zach baggins on what was the show it's called it, it feels evil and what I was kind like, of a fucking name is that it feels evil well and one of the the one of the it's on discovery plus i was like i want a show i can watch that's like not gonna keep me up but is right. also like a new show because i'm bored with my go-to's. my go-to shows yep so i like turned it on and i'm like what the fuck is this and i swear to god i watched like three episodes just laughing i'm like all right i gotta go to bed now because <laughs> it's it's literally they even like taunt 
taunt the the best way to bring out a demon entity is to taunt it so then you like the video i sent you of i bet jesus christ is gonna kick your your ass ass. (laughs) i was like what what (laughs) you can't invoke the name of jesus christ and then say he's gonna kick Kick someone's ass that's not how it works (laughs) and then so there there's this one part (laughs) watch it it's great it's great. Uh, it's a great show. Uh, there's a one. <laughs> so good. Well produced. <laughs> it's literally, what is it? Ghost Adventures? Yeah. From Wish. But yeah. anyway, there's a girl <laughs> in it and she does like all the Wiccan stuff. So they're like, there's one part where she's, she's doing, she's casting a protection spell. Oh. While they're inside praying and doing like demon stuff on a Ouija board. And I'm like, I'm confused. <laughs> this is all really weird. Um, like, don't get me wrong. I believe in spooky stuff. I don't necessarily have anything against like Wiccan and whatever, but like, right, no, that it makes no sense. You are totally like, I guess maybe, I mean, they're hitting all, they're hitting all the niches. They're just gonna, cover all their bases with all protection stuff i mean why not but i was just it was just it's just confusing well if you're trying to breach a demon with a ouija board at the same time that a protection spell is being cast isn't that like well opposite agendas well and and then it's just the fact that she's like standing outside dressed like a lumberjack with her like rain boots on and she's like from the power of the earth to the power of the sky like i'm like this is this is it's all it's too much this is you're weird. doing too much you're doing too much <laughs> so, uh, yeah if you want to laugh watch it it's pretty great i'm probably going to keep watching it just because it makes me laugh <laughs> just because it's like is it one that like tells you the history of things too because i think that's the basically the reason i like ghost adventures is because they like go through and tell the history of the different places they're at it kind of does, but it's like goes. But it's yeah, but it's not. So it's, but it's the not, same. Not the same. <laughs> no. So it's great. It's great. Yeah, all three minutes of those random clips where you're just like, "Who's this fucking guy? Look at him! Look at him! Look at his, look at his hair! I hope they show his face again. Look at his hair. <laughs> look at his fucking nose. <laughs> nice schnoz, bud. <laughs> Even wears the douchebag glasses like Baggins. He does. Like it's just. It is great. I recommend it. I 10 recommend out of 10. A good, it's a good uh, entertaining thing. It's, it's stupid. but Wrong it's kind of entertainment they're looking for. But Yeah, but. <laughs> what genre is this? <laughs> Satire? I don't understand. I don't. What? This is like the weird owl of. <laughs> telling you, of Zach Baggins from Wish. I'm just, <laughs> he's only got one arm sleeve instead of two. He wears all black. He's got a spiky hair, douchebag glasses. Multiple chins. Yeah, very dad bodish instead of the buff, buff Zach Baggins, you know? <laughs> yes. Another reason why I don't mind watching. I know. <laughs> Ghost Adventures. Just put a bag- paper bag over his head. Just go, fine. oh, hey. Don't talk. <laughs> but he even talks like, in the demon. <laughs> like... <laughs> is great 
Oh, 10 out of 10. I mean, if any of you are listening to it, maybe just take this as constructive criticism and not just making fun of you. But at the same time, like Christina said, she loves it. It's funny. I mean, I don't it's think you meant I don't think it that's what you're trying for, but what? it's entertaining. Right. I'm going to keep watching. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Should we? Anyhow. Shall we jump in? Yeah, I don't feel like they need to hear our entire life story over this break. So yeah, it's my true. body's what? still broken. Amanda's planning her wedding. Uh huh. Still has life a sucks. Fingers crossed by late fall, winter things will even keel because things will be figured out for Christina. Yeah, I will be less busy with like wedding and then working stuff because October is also going to be an interesting month. We may just like disappear for a little while and everybody's we're getting more people liking our page i know i'm so sorry we're not giving you new content but we're trying there's only so much we can do we've had this episode ready to go for like three weeks i had to reread my research because i was like i don't even remember what i read and Uh, did i i was in the hospital like twice then your father yeah just now your dogs are hacking all over the place i know they got the 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 whooping cough i just wanted to say the whooping <laughs> cough <laughs> all right nice. okay all right. <clears throat> buckle down fucking focus i have to go do more wedding stuff after this so i gotta get done i also am probably gonna have to go potty after your stories so cool because i'm drinking coffee so you know you know how it goes (laughs) (laughs) okay go ahead i'm gonna tell you about the disappearance of daniel robinson okay it is a very new case like it happened in 2021 but it happened like the month before the gabby petito okay mine's a new case too and um it was one of those ones that people were talking about how it's great that Gabby Petito got so much coverage, but there were mm-hmm. multiple people that had gone missing like right before her that got not even close to the same coverage. Right. Um, and Dal- Daniel Robinson is African-American. So there was also okay. the, why isn't he getting the same right, like kind of thing? Then this cute little white girl that's right yeah but i just think it's a very interesting case there's a couple of ways it could have gone and i or like a couple of theories that are like and i don't really know because i think it's we'll get into it okay okay getting ahead of myself so he was born and raised in south carolina to his father david and his mother uh melissa he was born with only one arm uh but proved to everyone that it's like he's missing like the lower half of his forearm okay Um, that it would not stop him from achieving whatever goals he applied himself for. Uh, he was fitted for a prosthesis, but refused to wear it. He taught himself to play video games, play the French horn, and then the trombone, uh, all one-handed. And then he joined the marching band. He also enjoyed weightlifting and playing football. Uh, he was described as being passionate person, full of curiosity with a deep appreciation for nature It led him to study geology at the College of Charleston in South Carolina, and he was a part of a fraternity and graduated with honors from there. He then attended a course in Tucson and soon after was offered a job by the engineering firm Matrix New World, and he stayed in Arizona. 
So he got his own apartment in Tempe and then he kind of talked one of his sisters into moving out to Arizona as well because they were really close. And so they weren't living together, but they were living like close to each other. Okay. Um, he had a side job, job delivering groceries for Instacart that allowed him to make additional money. Uh, it was at this side job that he met a girl. I'm not going to give her name because she has no like connection to his disappearance. Okay. And um, I feel like she's been mentioned a lot and it's just not really fair to her once right. I get into this. So he delivered her and her friend booze, ordered to her home in Phoenix, in a Phoenix suburb uh, on June 12th. The woman and her friend who was with her invited him in. They thought that he was very nice. And she also said that that probably they were both drunk. Otherwise, they probably wouldn't have done it. And it was kind of not the smartest move. <laughs> well, right. I mean, yeah. and you everybody does stupid stuff sometimes. So the woman and Daniel exchanged numbers, but she insisted that nothing else happened. They hadn't gone on a date or anything like that. Uh, they were just kind of chatting. Within a week, he showed up at her house unannounced and with they had like a brief exchange um and she was like this is kind of weird he's like I just couldn't stop thinking about you um she later told the police when she was questioned that showing up at her house unannounced made her extremely uncomfortable and she told him she didn't want them hanging she didn't see them hanging out okay the next day he turned up at her house again and she saw him like through her ring camera. So she texted him and was like, this is not normal or acceptable. If someone has expressed that you've made them uncomfortable, you need to back off. He texted back, do you hate me? She's like, I don't hate you, but you need to leave me alone. Um, he then took 15 hours to respond and he sent her the text. The world can get better, but I'll have to take all the time I can or we can, whatever to name it. I'll either see you again or I'll never see you again. Hey, so it was kind of like a little cryptic, cryptic, weird. She mm -hmm. actually brought the texts and the issue to the police and they gave her the information for filing a restraining order because she said they said it was like borderline stalking behavior. Right. It's like clearly something is mm -hmm. not okay. okay. So 18 hours later, he disappeared from a remote work site deep in the Arizona desert outside of the town of Buckeye. So he was last seen on June 23rd. 2021 when he went he showed up for work at the at this remote job site it was his second of the day basically he was an engineer for this company and then they had like construction and other um, scientists who were like reviewing the wells out in this area okay yep um it was kind of a cool and rainy day for it for the desert basically um, so he met up with a pump technician whose name was Ken Elliott, who had, they had never met before, and they went to work on a deep well. Uh, Elliott told the police that Robinson was saying things that did not make sense. He was kind of like looking up at the sky with the rain and like spinning around and like um, kind of talking weird, I guess. Okay. Um, he then said he asked him if he wanted to go with him to Phoenix to take to rest. And Elliot told him that he had work to do because they had just started the day and he had just gotten to the job site. And then 15 minutes after that Ken Elliot had arrived, uh 
Daniel just basically got in his car and drove away. Didn't say anything. Just got in his car and drove away. Okay. When he was done with his job and still concerned about Robinson, Elliot followed his tire tracks because it was raining. So the sand kind of, you could see his tire tracks. Um, and found that instead of going left at the T junction in the road um, to return to Phoenix, he had turned right, which led him into like the deep into the desert. Like there was like, nothing out there. Why are you? What? Okay. <laughs> so he called the company Daniel worked for and like reported it, but just kind of went about his day to a different job and finished his day. Um, so people from daniel's work were like the fuck is going on this isn't like him he doesn't you know this is weird um so they went to his sister's house to tell her like what happened and like ask her if they'd seen daniel and she was like no and immediately called her father david and she's like "Mm, no so David indicated that his daughter told him that one of Daniel's co-workers showed up at her apartment in Phoenix asking if she'd seen her brother. And at first, David tried to do like his due diligence by he had his daughter go to Daniel's apartment, uh, called all the son's friends he knew and his son's cell phone. And when he realized it had been over six hours since Daniel had like talked to anyone or um, had la- like last been seen by anyone, um he got worried and he contacted the police they told him they had to wait i don't know 24 48 hours because he's an adult and allowed to go missing yeah um and he was upset that basically they kind of brushed him off and didn't seem to take his disappearance seriously so he grabbed basically anything he could from his house threw it in his car and drove to arizona he's like fine i'll go fucking find him right so the day that he was reported missing by his father, police did state that they searched the ground near the job site and uh, they did enter him into the missing persons database. They just didn't do like an extensive ground search because, so I mean, fair enough. Right. Uh, the next couple of days that followed, however, they said that they searched near Robinson's job site, continued, and that they searched his apartment. They tried to ping his phone for location, tried to access the vehicle system for GPS data, but could not find any. They did aerial searches, interviews with coworkers, and financial records reviews were done, and all of them did not turn up any trace of David. Okay, so he is... Or Daniel, I'm sorry. Yeah. I think I get Daniel and David because... <laughs> the DA. Close. The DA, sorry. So any trace of Daniel. Yeah. However, on July 19th, basically roughly a month after daniel robinson disappeared a rancher named brandon bless you sorry a rancher named brandon shelton discovered daniel's slate blue jeep renegade uh on its side at the bottom of a 20-foot ravine with the airbags deployed that's not good okay so when his jeep was found there was a multi-agency search and investigators processed the data from his recovered phone and from the vehicle Based on the issues with the woman and his erratic behavior before he disappeared, the police report paints basically a picture of a man, a young man who's scorned and perhaps depressed, and that Robinson walked into the desert where he stripped off his clothes and wandered from his car. Okay. Uh, Which is a narrative that David, his father, does not recognize as fitting his son at all um, and doesn't agree with. 
uh, basically his trust in the cops kind of went away completely, even more when the Jeep was found because it was three miles from his work site. Okay. So they said they had searched the grounds extensively and done aerial searches, but this Jeep would have been in clear view of any aerial searches because it was literally three miles from the job site. Okay. Um, so either that truck was not there when they were doing the searches or they didn't do as an extensive search as they claimed. Right. So something is not right. Um, something's weird. Yes. Which is why I like, I like was like, this case is interesting because it's yeah. very, there's a lot of weird things. Um, near the Jeep, what appeared to be his clothes on the ground next to it, his wallet and phone in the car. Uh, the police told David that he may have just wanted to, that they think Daniel may have just wanted to leave his family and become like disappear. Um, and David said, my son is a geologist. He's a scientist. He has a brilliant mind. He's not dumb enough to not, to not take any money or anything with him if he wanted to disappear. And why would he have taken his clothes off? Right. Like that's, what is the point of that? Right. On top of all the other things. So the rancher who cattle, whose cattle grazed 14,000 acres in the Buckeye area is convinced that the car had only been in the ravine that led to the river a short while when he came across it. Uh, He said it was clean and the cows would have found it. Uh, He's like, my cows would have found it because they are very, like cows are just a very inquisitive animal. I would have found them down in that ravine like a month, weeks ago, if there's a new thing in their pasture, basically. Right. Um, He pointed out that Robinson's red wing boot work boots was stuck under the truck. So he's Mm -hmm. like, it it makes no sense. If you were delirious and ripped off all your clothes, wandered into the desert, you wouldn't stick one of your shoes under the car. Right. That's Um, his theory because of where it's played, where they are located in the air, in the desert, a lot of drug runners, a lot of Um, characters and things like that are out in the desert um so like even when they were searching they were like you're doing this at your own risk some some ranchers will shoot before and ask questions later there's some drug runners out here you know there's it's not like the safest place right like Um, something is gonna happen most likely if yeah okay so his personal theory, the rancher's theory, was that someone deliberately wrecked that vehicle out there. Um, David agreed, basically, and enlisted the help of Jeff McGrath, a former cop and vehicular crimes investigator, to take a look at Daniel's car. Uh, when McGrath saw a photo of the car, it immediately struck him as odd that the cops were saying that um, he drove it down in there basically that the damage to the vehicle didn't match the location it was found in. Right. Uh, According to the police report, the Jeep had suffered significant damage consistent with a front impact that caused it to roll. The front window was shattered and there was substantial damage to the lower front as well as the windshield and the roof. However, McGrath was skeptical of the roll theory though, and he obtained the car's black box which allowed him to ascertain that the car was going about 30 miles per hour before the airbags deployed. Oh, that that sent up alarm bells because he used his own vehicle to see if that speed was possible in the rugged terrain. Uh, and his indic- he stated that 
it wasn't like that's yeah miles an hour was not um that's, yeah no you're you're gonna hurt yourself something's gonna go wrong if you're going that fast that's also weird. the car had traveled 11 miles after the airbags were deployed what uh, yeah according a, to the according to the they, records how did anybody drive it with the airbags deployed right weird okay uh, uh so it raises suspicions even further that the vehicle whether it was by daniel or somebody else was crashed somewhere somewhere else and then brought and dropped into that ravine right to either like you know pull someone in the wrong direction or just to get rid of and hopefully nobody will find it right and he said that the damage to the vehicle appeared to show that it had been hit above the windshield it looked like a batter, a pipe, or could have been a large rock, something blunt. It didn't look like it had rolled. Um, the driver's seatbelt was buckled, and despite the severe damage to the Jeep, there was no blood found inside. Robinson's wallet, phone, and credit cards were all in the car, and his clothes and T-shirt were turned inside out. Shorts, an orange work vest, boots, and two mismatched black socks were all just kind of scattered nearby. Um yeah it was so that's that that's not something that happens at a crash so is that left there purposely to make it seem like he was there well and the thing was is one of the socks was nike and the other was adidas but then as they were searching and the search parties found another black nike sock three miles away in the desert okay so So three miles from the crash yes okay they can't explain it but it's another reason they believe there's more to the case than right. what meets the eye. Uh, both Mag- Definitely. Both seems- <laughs> so both McGrath and Daniel's father believe that the Buckeye police did not carry out a thorough investigation into Dan- uh, his son's disappearance, basically. Right. And they point out that Daniel's clothes, possessions, and car were handed over to his father as soon as he arrived in South Carolina or in Arizona from South Carolina. So those items should be considered evidence if a crime is found to have been committed. So they right. should have not handed all that over until they had cleared that it was not a crime scene. Uh, and they must have done it like immediately. They said, this isn't a crime scene because they gave it all to him. You don't get into a, even if it was like a car crash, let's say. Right. Even if it was a car crash, you don't get into a crash and just eject your clothing you know what i mean like where is he yeah okay all right so and then police actually didn't do their full investigation into the vehicle until november months after mcgrath did the investigation onto it um and basically they did it just to dispute mcgrath's findings not to like try and find basically just to be like see we did you yeah, we're supposed to. So, oh my gosh. Okay. They their findings say that the car attempted to drive up the other side of the ravine and then rolled. So they believe that he drove into the ravine and then was trying to get out of it and he tried to drive up the other side and rolled the vehicle. Um and I, the, I still and, can't get over the like deployed airbags. So then for 11 the, miles. I'm getting there. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm like <laughs> But how? Okay. So, in regards to the extra 11 miles, they contacted the D- Jeep headquarters and said that there have been times 
where similar discrepancies have been noted by Jeep dealership service departments and other crash reconstructionists. The so there have been times where whether it jarred the vehicle, the the speedometer, the thing that tracks the miles or whatever, that the miles are off based on when the airbags deployed. Okay. Or what if what if you were like on auto, what is it called? Cruise control. Cruise control. And you flip and the wheels keep going, it's gonna count as if you're driving, but that's eleven miles. And if he was only going 30 miles an hour, that would be like a full 20 minutes. Right. So Okay. Again, so there there have been similarity or similar discrepancies before noted by mm-hmm. Jeep. However, McGrath doesn't really agree with that. Uh he basically is what he's most frustrated about is the fact that they hired an expert to rebut his findings, like I had said, not to actually help find right. Daniel. Uh, so McGrath also claims that some of the most significant findings in the police report have been his and Daniel's work, not the Buckeye Police Department's, including the discovery of human remains. So... Well, they were doing like community search parties, not with mm-hmm. the police. They were invited for everyone, but most of the time the police did not show up. Um, the first, they found a skull on July 31st near where Daniel's Jeep was found. The medical examiner determined that it was not Dan- Daniel's and it was significantly older than just a few months. Okay. And then on November 6th, One of their search parties uncovered more remains, two human femurs, hip bones, and vertebrae. Again, the medical examiner deduced that they were not Daniels, but he says that they have since been contacted by a woman who believes them to be her husband and is close to closing that case. Okay. So Hmm. McGrath estimates that they have found at least four human remains on their search, but can't say if they belong to two or more people. There had been other bones that we suspect were human. The medical examiners reviewed them. Some of them we haven't received an answer on. We just got that information that it's not Daniel. Okay. So, but the police have also kind of claimed we found more humans in the search for, you know, and it's like, no, you didn't find them. No, see, you weren't, no, you're lying. Mm -hmm. Okay. So McGrath, doesn't think the remains are connected but he's also has stated in interviews that if we keep finding bodies out here we're gonna have to try and connect them because it's just too much too coincidental too ma- yeah coincidental weird okay. um, so meanwhile david and mcgrath are leaving no stone unturned basically they're taking tips from anyone who has them including psychics the femurs were actually found in an area one a medium had told them to search. Uh, McGrath has his theories about what happened to Dan- Daniel. So he has two basic theories. He believes that because Daniel was known to smoke marijuana, okay. that it's possible that he smoked something that was laced. Okay. And so that I would explain his kind of weird behavior yeah. leading up to his disappearance um and kind of his and the fact that he just kind of you know taking your clothes off if you if he did take the clothes off and wander into the desert kind of you may be on a bad trip basically right 
Um, okay. The other theory was that he believes that Robinson was upset about the woman's rejection of him and went on an all night video game binge, which was he was known to do. Okay. Um, and then he turned up at work. He was so tired and kind of, if he had done that for a couple of days, could have been a little delirious, could have right. been like overtired. Um, and that he deliberately drove into the desert just a little ways out of the way to take a nap. Okay. Uh, because remember he had asked the guy if he wanted to go into town and go rest. rest. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he said in that, that point, I think he saw somebody, not a good person found him and that something bad happened to him. Right. Or he stumbled upon something he shouldn't have or. Right. Okay. Um, and that he believes that the other possibility is that they hurt him killed him did something to him and then crashed his car because that ravine had been searched and there was no car in it okay so on january 27th 2022 the buckeye police performed searches on two wells but they did not find anything relating to the case investigators are following up on tips regarding the disappearance but according to the website the uh, the police created with information on Robinson's case, no foul play is suspected. Okay. Over a year later, David is still in Arizona. Uh, first he was living out of hotels and now he has a one bedroom apartment. He basically burned through his entire retirement money and what was supposed to be his, uh, kind of his retirement. And he now okay. spends basically scouring the desert for his son. Uh, David believes that Daniel would would not have left his family on his own. He remains that the orchestrator of all of his son's search parties. Um, he's had thousands people of people come to um, search and kind of follow his cause, both online and offline. Uh, until there is proof of otherwise, he believes that Daniel is still alive and is missing. Okay, uh, so there is a website called please help find daniel robinson as well as a twitter he has managed searches on his own he invites law enforcement every time um there was originally 20 searchers at a time has now grown to be hundreds the group is searching on a grid and they have covered about nineteen thousand acres of land wow uh so if the anyone has any information about the case they should contact the buckeye buckeye police department tip line at 623-349-6411 there's a website also for anonymous tips uh and there is a bunch of information on please help find daniel.com we what a weird case mm -hmm. like how could there not be foul play i know, you know? Like I How? just don't it it's not reasonable to me to think that that's even an option. Like let's say he did crash his car into the ravine. Right. And he somehow managed to not have any injuries. Because mm -hmm. there's no blood or anything in the car. And let's say he hit his head, but again, no injury, like that would cause blood. And it caused him to be delirious. Okay. Then what? It, I mean, I'm just, I'm like, why, like, I guess the delirium could cause him to take off his clothes, but to me, that would right. be like scattered further. Like it wouldn't all be at the crash site. You would know? it be, 
Hmm. Yeah, because if he's delirious and then he can't figure out what to do and then he gets hot because he's in the desert and he's like, uh, he's, what do you do when you're hot? Take off your clothes. So he's uh, wandering around, but you would think that like they wouldn't all be like next to each other. It would be mm-hmm. like, I climbed out of the ravine. Oh my God, I'm hot. Take my shirt off and left it. Walked further. Like, why is his boot under the vehicle? But there's no injuries. Like, it's just... Right just weird it stuff almost, and especially if they did search it mm-hmm. and then it was there like it just seemed where was he for a month then before yeah. he crashed that it just seems odd to me that it seems almost like the clothes were thrown down into the ravine and then the car was crashed on top of them yeah it's like they dumped the things and then the fact that there were two mismatched socks but then they found the pair the the sock to one of them like three miles away in a different location like, so are you dumping multiple people that yeah you know and it got like mixed together their stuff but then they also found the other bodies and right. so is this just a drug running type Dump of situation where kind of they're thing? like mm, when someone gets in the way or sees something we just right get rid and this is where we're gonna throw all this stuff in the bodies because mm-hmm nobody goes out here because it's nasty desert right i don't know it's just a weird weird man it's a weird scenario weird case that is surprising to me that has not had more coverage yeah because there were like no when i was looking up information there were no major news sites that had an article regarding it and it's Daniel Robinson Robinson I knew it was an R and then when I went to because I just want to see I just want to see what the disappearance of Daniel Robinson I just want to see a picture of him because it always helps me like imagine things more oh he cute I know it's just oh you're cute (laughs) weird huh oh and he looks so young yeah baby just a baby oh boy well gosh that didn't help me feel any better about the case at all you're welcome thanks (laughs) shoot i also have a a newer case mine's actually 2022 and we may have to watch for like updates because shit still like semi-fresh because it was like april is when okay it happened so shall i begin yes wait how long into this are we i'm unsure okay well just start okay fucking zoom we're gonna have words uh all right so i'm gonna tell you about the case of orzolia gall Okay? okay um So we're in Forest Hills, Queens, New York. All right. April 16th, 2022, there was a call to 911 about a suspicious bag thrown on off of the road onto a stretch next to the Kew Gardens in Queens. Weird. Stuff a body in that, huh? (laughs) Maybe. Uh, It was a large black duffel bag. Always. It looked like it was leaking blood onto the sidewalk. I've definitely heard about this. Yeah. But also, why is it always like a large black duffel bag? 
Because that's what can fit. I know, but like there's so many different options for duffel bags. Why is it always? Why must it be a black duffel? I know. Um, It's just like, where do you get those that fit the body parts? You buy those at Amazon, Walmart? Like, I've never had a duffel bag big enough to put bodies in. Okay. And maybe this is a weird tangent, but like the luggage size duffel bags, they're expensive. I know. You you have to kind of cash to just throw around bodies in your duffel Y'all, bags. This is ridiculous. Listen, especially I have when a, you just throw it on a road. I know. Like, I have a hard shell suitcase that I have duct taped together because shit's expensive and I'm not buying another one. I still have the luggage set that I won at senior prom after party. I'm just saying it just seems a little ridiculous. But mm-hmm. anyway. Who's okay, got the money to be throwing duffel bags all over? We are focusing on the wrong thing right now. There's blood coming out of this duffel bag, which means that there's probably questionable contents. Listen, and... you're never going to get blood out of a duffel bag. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, you're never going to get blood out of anything, man. Uh, my tailor, when I went and got my dress fitted, said that the only thing that takes your like the stain of your blood off of fabric is your own spit. For whatever reason, your DNA does it. She goes, so if for whatever reason you got pricked by a pin, I would need you to spit on the dress and it would take it out. She's like, it's amazing. It's the only thing I've ever found to get blood out. It's like weird. How funny is that? So if I want to clean up a crime scene, I need to keep their spit, their bodily fluids. I don't know that like Do you the think amount of urine? blood that would be in a crime scene would be helped. You have by to spit. keep them alive and make them spit, keep spitting in a bucket. Spit, spit for spit. me. Spit in a bucket. <laughs> no, but their <laughs> DNA would still be all over the place. It'd be just different kind of DNA. Right. They're like, why is there... Why do you have saliva everywhere? <laughs> I don't know. There were a drooly guy who came to visit. Uh, okay. Anyway, that was just a random thing that I learned from the tailor. And I was like, that's interesting. Also, what the fuck is your tailor doing? <laughs> uh, she works with pins and I'm sure she's bled on a few things. So the only way she's found that works. Just a little. And it wipes out. I was like, weird. Okay, weird. cool. Uh, anyway. So as the police were on their way to this duffel, there was a second 911 call put in from a man named Glenn Van Norstrand, uh, who was headed home while walking his dog. Uh, and he saw a large, it was in the morning, okay? So he saw a large wheeled bag, like a wheeled duffel, one of those that has the little mm-hmm. on the backside. Um Again, shit's expensive. I know. On the sidewalk. Also. So a different bag in a different location. Looking quite. See, and that's where I was confused because, and I don't know if it's just because it is as new as it is. Not all the details are, but I think, I want to say they're talking about the same bag because they don't talk about a second bag, but like the details didn't line up as the same other than the color. Okay. Like that it was a bag. And they said a different road because he was on the road. They were talking about the park in the other call. Yeah. So I think it's the same bag from what I could deduce. But if not, I apologize. There's not a lot of details right now about this case other than like, oh, the suspect has been arrested and whatever, you know. Wait a minute. I'm like, whatever. It's fine. Bury the lead. (laughs) Anyway. So. Uh, he thought it was weird that there was 
or he didn't think it was weird that there was garbage thrown there because it was like a normal dump site. It's like right next to a bridge and people tend to just like throw out things that are too big for them to throw in their garbage there. Mm -hmm. It's one of those sweet dump sites. Um, his dog got all worked up though when they were getting close to it and he pulled him like towards the bag. And when they got closer, that's when he realized that there was blood leaking out of the bag. Okay. Um, he assumed that it must have been a dead animal or something because, again, people dump hat. He's like, I found people dumping like dead hats, sad face, and stuff there because they don't know what to do with it because you're not supposed to like bury mm -hmm. them in town, you know? So he gently like pushed it with his foot to see if it was moving, right? Or like if someone hit a dog or so. Oh, fuck. If someone hit a dog. Or something. He okay. assumed it was some sort of a dead animal. So he like gently nudged it with his foot to make sure it wasn't alive and it wasn't going to like attack him if he tried to open it up, you know, mm -hmm. um, or if it was alive, he wanted to, you know, get it out. And so he nudged it. Nothing happened. So he leaned down to look into the bag and he found a human foot when he opened it up. Uh, Can you imagine? Can you fucking no, imagine? No, I can't. I hate it um why would so, you open it don't open it well I don't know if he just like if it was an animal or if like somebody's animal had like babies and they tried to get rid of all of the you know like you just never know so he's like I'm just gonna take a look and then he saw the foot and, and immediately regretted his decision. yeah <laughs> and he said to a reporter once that he just saw a pair of bare feet pale bare feet and he just thought Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I was like, oh, funny guy. Okay. Wisconsin? I know, right? Nope. We're in New York. <laughs> so Oh my God. I can't even do it oh, now. I can't. Nope. Oh. Now you're just stuck in the Midwest. I'm stuck in the Midwest accent. Um, so Glenn thought it may be part of a mannequin at first because there was no blood that he could see other than like kind of leaking out of the bag um or people always dummy. think it's a mannequin i know well and i think that's just like naturally your brain is like i need to make sense of this newsflash it's, it's not a mannequin so that's i literally wrote a test dummy or something and then i was like don't they all just hope that's what it is it's never it's never and, never mannequin but he said that like the skin even looked hard and like plasticky so he was like i don't know maybe i'm just maybe this is some stupid prank right like someone's trying to screw with me Ugh. so he unzipped it a little bit more and that's when he found the rest of the leg and some black jeans were on the leg and he saw a belt and the lower half of a woman's torso mm. so that's where i'm like maybe it is two bags maybe it's one bag they don't really decipher um so and he realized that the, the no it fuck it is one bag because he realized underneath it was curled up the whole body of the woman was, was like she tiny position um very petite yes okay i was like this is what kind what size duffel bag are we talking about here yeah so he obviously called the police because he was like oh this is not a dummy this is not some weird prank that someone's trying to get on camera like finding a human foot in a bag mm-hmm I really think that people just like naturally hope that it's not real. I'm just going to oh, just, I'm my sure. brain is going to make it not real. Oh, 100%. <laughs> but still. Um, 
apparently this is a place where the police had found dumped bodies before too by the way like it seems like a really classy place this guy's just walking his dog um so the police were unfortunately walking his dog dog. uh unfortunately they weren't surprised by this discovery at all uh the woman had no idea on her glenn helped the police further as once they got there he gave them his statement he started resume he resumed walking his dog home right and on his way home he noticed there was a large dark bloody streak on the sidewalk that lasted for like nine blocks sorry what yeah so they the person dragged the duffel bag for nine blocks which is what like a quarter to a half a mile in Gross. new york um so from the dump site it went all the way straight to a front door of a fancy house on juno street about a half a mile away what a dumbass! yeah so police made an emergency entry into the house obviously and found that on the first floor uh there was blood as well as in the basement so clearly there was a struggle on multiple levels levels of the house um when and within the mess of all of that they did find a bloody knife so yikes uh then on the third floor they found leo klein who was 13 years old who had just woken up from the noise of the police making an emergency entry of course um and he told the police that he lived there with his parents and his brother who was 17 he said his father and his brother were out of town and he wasn't exactly sure where his mom was because she was supposed to be there mom was in a duffel bag down the street kid oh my god i can't poor kid Mm -hmm. um they had cuffed leo and brought him into the station because they're like i mean the only person who has any connection right now is this 13 year old kid so we're gonna bring you in 13 and where's your handcuffs yeah come on now no no joke i'm like he doesn't even have his like dad or anybody right like Mm -hmm. any adult with him come on kids um at the station glenn was giving his statement because after he brought his dog home he went to the station and did like an official statement about the streak and about the whatever because they have to have it officially on the books you know um and glenn reported that the teen was being dragged around in the handcuffs and he had no shoes on and he still looked like he was in his pajamas then they questioned the minor with no adult present so glenn was like this is bullshit you're like dragging this kid around can't do that yeah this this glenn guy's just like nah i'm calling everybody out right now Mm -hmm. found a dead body there's blood on the sidewalk these police are fucking beating up a 13 year old (laughs) he's like i'll make a statement right now (laughs) Hmm. um it was determined that he wasn't involved obviously he was sleeping you're right uh he wasn't involved and he was released to his family member which they didn't say which one because he's a minor and doesn't Mm -hmm. matter uh the body was officially id'd as 51 year old or solia gall which would be leo's mother Mm -hmm. leo found out that his mom was dead by the police accusing him of her murder oh my god yeah 13 year old 
Like, did you killed your mom. The, it's like, it, did, did he sue the police for oh, I fucking, fucking hope so? Distress? I mean, this was in April. This was only a few months ago, so I'm sure they don't even have any of that lined up yet. But emotional distress. No joke. What the fuck? Um, Rosolia was what people called happy and loving. She was always friendly and loved traveling. Um, if you like, look at her social media it has a bunch of pictures of them traveling around with their sons and her husband and you know just very upper class esque happy mm-hmm. family on social media uh forensic examinations found that her throat had been slashed she was stabbed 58 times and had defensive wounds uh homicide due to sharp force injuries to the throat is the reason she died so this is a close-up rage killing. Exactly. Somebody so, knew her. The flurry of violence pointed to the crime being a crime of passion, mm-hmm. they believe. And the examiner... Hashtag overkill. A little bit. The examiner specifically said that with this much brutality, like you said, most likely know each other. Uh, a husband, sometimes a child, which is why they were like, mm, you know, like a close family member mm-hmm. is what they were thinking. Uh, the two other family members were out of town looking at colleges as far as anyone knew. Where does that, how how would they be there to do it? Right. You know what I mean? So then Leo is the only family member around. Rosolia lived in Forest Hills with Howard Klein, her husband, and her sons Leo and Jamie for almost 10 years. So they've been there for about a decade. And um, yeah, and I I just don't understand how they could think that a 13-year-old, unless he was like the size of the rock, could drag well, a body. And like, yeah, that's what I mean. Not only drag it, but be able to lift it and shove it into a duffel bag and then drag it nine blocks. Right. Like, that just... Um, so Orzolia was originally from Hungary. She had met Howard in Budapest in 1994. She was 23 and he was 25. They exchanged love letters back and forth. Uh, then they took a vacation together to Thailand. And when Howard was about to head home to New York, he, to continue, continue the pursuit of his master's degree. I can't talk today. I think like stuttering over things. Um, He basically just was like, just come with me to Orzolia. And she did. And they, she lived in New York ever since. Uh, Orzolia worked in Manhattan until she had kids and they decided that she wanted to be at home with them. Um, In 2012, the family moved to Forest Hills and all seemed fantastic. You know, Mm -hmm. it seemed like they had the dream family lifestyle. The police then were given a door cam video, like after all of, okay, sorry. We're going to jump back into the story now. I wanted Mm -hmm. to give like a little detail on Orzolia. The police were given a door cam video from the house, from a house that was on the like blockage where the bag was dragged. And this kind of, actually opened up to be able to start looking into more than just the family because as of right now all they were like it's a crime of passion uh probably someone who knew her Mm -hmm. and on this video there was a dark figure rolling this large 
black duffel bag down the sidewalk at about at about 4 30 a.m in the morning yeah um police also announced that howard and jamie were obviously people of interest they hadn't gotten back from where they were yet but remember howard and his son were in portland looking at colleges at the time of the murder and according to plans and according to twitter because social media is a big thing now you know Mm -hmm. um he also announced that they were on their way back to new york and then he deleted it it's like he okay so we're just gonna keep going i'm not gonna get ahead of myself uh they their early return may have been prompted by a message that howard the dad received from orzolia or from well from a number about orzolia your wife sent me to jail some years ago when you were living near Austin Street in, in Forest Hills. I'm back. Don't call the police or I'll kill your whole family. Is what this message that he got was. Sorry, what? I'm going to call the police? Yeah. So then Howard got a call from the police about the discovery of his wife's body within hours of that happening. Because he was like, well, I need to go home. So he was making plans to get home early mm-hmm. and figure it out. And so... Uh, the world was looking at Howard, uh, paparazzi and commentators and everybody was basically like, look at this shit bag. Like clearly something was up. Mm-hmm. It's weird that he deleted that. Well, he got a call from the police saying that they found her body. Cause he was like, Oh, coming home early. Got a call saying they found her body and he deleted it because he was like, Oh, well, I don't need to bust this wide open. This is like, we need to be quiet about this until we figure out what's going on. Well, also, if he put coming home early and then thought, well, maybe I shouldn't put that on Twitter since the guy is clearly, who texted me is clearly like, yeah. Well, and that's where he was just like, the, everybody, all reporters and everything were like, he, it seems like he was trying to establish alibis because he like announced that he was in Portland doing whatever, announced what he was doing with whatever. Mm -hmm. And then he announced and then took that off. Like, you know, like it was a secret. So everybody looked at him as if he was trying to hide something. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no forced entry to the house. So the killer had to have known or used a spare key to get in. Uh, they hid in the barbecue where there was also evidence that the killer was in the house for like a prolonged period of time. So it's like they hid until they could come out and surprise Orzolia. Which is terrifying. Mm-hmm. I agree. Orzolia had once reported... <laughs> I wrote the wrong name. Howard had once reported that his wife was missing after she went on like a midnight walk. Um, so this was another thing that people were digging up that he had called 911 at about 7 a.m. on a May 29th of 2020 so about two years mm-hmm. before that and reported that she didn't return from her walk and then he called back about 30 minutes later and was like oh we found her she's fine like don't worry about it so I don't know people were ca- acting as if it was like a normal thing for her to disappear or that he was trying to make it normalized or that you know mm-hmm. that she's a whole bunch of speculations exactly And in 2004, his son, Leo, when he was 10 months, they reported him missing too. But then they had to call in and say, no, just kidding. So he just, they couldn't find him for a while. So they panicked, called the police. Mm -hmm. 
said, uh, we can't find our son. And then they called back being like, okay, we're good. We found him. We're good. Don't. Hey, just kidding. Whatever. We found him. So it sounds like he's just kind of a, a panicky guy anyway mm-hmm. about things. Uh, the police were trying to put the timeline together for her death. And on the 15th, the day before the body was found, she told her neighbors that she was going to Lincoln Center to see an opera with some friends. But her phone was not matching that story when they went to the phone pings. So now we look into the phone records. Orzolia was communicating with three separate men on the night that she was killed, one of which she had gone to the concert with. So she was stepping out on the marriage. Um, By 11 p.m., she was in Forest Hills again after coming home alone on the train. Uh, She stopped into a station house bar that she just basically, like, was ending the night having a nightcap there. And her 13-year-old son was just hanging out at home by himself? Yeah. Um, 13, though, I mean... I mean... I was babysitting at 12, so I can't really... I mean, it's fine. I'm just saying... For, yeah, like, going out and having a scandalous, like, affair-ish, yeah. No no victim blaming, but just saying questionable choices. Uh, She stopped by the station bar, and the police believe that Orzolia got home right around 12.20 a.m. They believe the murder, murder entered about 20 minutes before she got home, is their estimation by when, I'm assuming when, like, Leo went to sleep and whatever. Um, then remember by 4 30 a.m the killer was caught on that nest footage camera dragging her dead body so within a few hours she was dead and in a bag and being dragged to the dump site right there was a note found on orzolia's fridge that said find a new handyman so they were like okay so what happened to the old handyman why do they need a new handyman so here let's get into the men she's talking to she banging the handyman uh well okay so the three guys she's talking to one was a man who had been doing odd jobs around the residence named david ban benola 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 amanda get it in your head i keep wanting to make it more fancy than it is um but he was a night owl and he played guitar rolled bike uh he kind of looked like according to the messages exchanged that well it looked like according to the messages that were exchanged that not long after starting to work for the family the two became let's say inappropriate romantically involved. uh yeah he would comment on her pictures and social medians and whatnot like innocent but not innocent when you look at like the private conversations mm-hmm. um And he seemed actually pretty obsessive over her. Okay. Uh, There was a flower shop near where he lived. And the owner said that he bought a red rose nightly and had to show the man pictures. Like they showed him pictures of Orzolia. Um, Well, he showed him pictures of Orzolia and was like, this is who I'm in love with. And so when the face came up as a murder victim, He was Mm -hmm. like, I know this girl. We need to, like, talk. So the flower shop guy talked to the police. Um, So he was doing this, like, nightly for a year to give to her a rose every single night. 
uh, detectives were able to figure out that Orzolia had ended things with Benola in early April of 2022. So that timeline lines up. And Benola was 44. He spent a lot of his time near nearby Starbucks, in a nearby Starbucks. Um, and one of the baristas said that he had been there for years and reported that he just was kind of creepy. Mm -hmm. Uh, he would just watch the baristas work and make comments on how they look and leave them little notes in the tip jar. Um, police were called multiple times because they were like, this man just like is making everyone uncomfortable. Uh, Benola created a YouTube channel where he was, he just collected videos and made playlists. He didn't make any videos. Um, one about one playlist that was about like violent crimes in their area and one playlist that was about like sex and women you know like the pickup artist kind of things Mm -hmm. um the police were closely monitoring Benola and at 6 5 a.m the morning of the murder there was a security cam video of Benola walking down the street with a bandage on his hand okay okay so it's like an hour and a half ish after the nest footage caught him the not him specifically but caught the guy dragging the bag uh he had also gone to the fast care clinic that same day for cuts on his ham hand and was sent to the hospital to get stitches so the police picked up Benola's trash from his garbage on or from his uh garbage day and in there, they found brown boots covered with blood and his bloody shirt. Uh, they had had to go back to his neighborhood to find Benola, who I guess spotted them um, and came up to the car and said, hey, you're looking for me, basically. So they went to his neighborhood to find him and he like walked up to their car. Okay. Like, hi, you're looking for me. So they picked him up when they brought him into him. In, he confessed with like no coaxing so it was him on the next yeah. camera um then he ate a bagel and reiterated his confession on videotape because when they did it they recorded it and they're like hey would you want to say it again so that we can have it on video oh sure you know i'll do that mm. uh he told them that they were on and off for about two years him and orzolia and that she had broken it off again recently. He went to her house to attempt to make up that early morning, and they began to argue when Orzolia led him down to the basement to not wake up Leo because he was sleeping upstairs. Oh. Um, so he's like, she's like, I don't want to wake up Leo. Let's go downstairs and continue talking. Um, once they're there, they argued a bit more and it heated up and Benola ended up snapping as he says mm. he grabbed a nearby knife and slit her throat and then stabbed her over and over and over again <laughs> Your <Jesus>. face. <laughs> uh, then he grabbed her son's hockey bag so that's where the duffel that makes sense hockey mm-hmm. bags are very large mm-hmm because of all of the pads and stuff they have yeah. to carry in okay them. That, that answers the bag question exactly like, how fucking big is this bag it's big uh and stuffed her body into it and she's like a small woman too so on top of that um 
Yeah, but you could fit my girth in a hockey bag, so. <laughs> Ugh. My girth, that, okay. Not the appropriate time. I'll talk to you about it in a second. Is it the TikTok uh, I sent you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. um, but anyhow. <laughs> oh, no, I lost my, okay, there it is. He also said that he was the one who sent the message to Howard. So he confessed to all that. He's like, I sent Howard the message. I did this. He was trying to cover his tracks because I guess it was Orzolia either worked in some sort of a law firm in Manhattan before. And so she had, they had had issues with it before. So he's like, mm-hmm. uh-huh. sent me to jail. So the question was, did he have the knife from the kitchen on him or did he bring it down or was it with him or was it in the basement because that will determine whether it was premeditated or not Mm -hmm. because depending on if you grabbed it before you guys started having a heated argument and you snapped or Mm -hmm. not will show if you wanted to do it before you yeah yeah passion or not anyway so then Manola changed his statement again so he said it said it again now he's changing it a little bit to kind of meet I think the evidence that maybe they were like, well, why did this happen? Mm -hmm. So he now says that he had gone to her house after finding out that she had given him HIV, which she had contracted throughout her extramarital affairs, according to him. Um, He also said that he could take that. She, he, he couldn't take the fact that she was now interested in another man. Um, and it wasn't just an on and off thing. Like she went to this opera yeah, and whatever. So he's acting as if this was very passionate. Like I mm-hmm. just, would, I got to this point where I couldn't handle it anymore. Never mind the fact that she was married. Mm-hmm. Whatever. So in his new confession, he said that he confronted her or Zolia grabbed the knife and demanded he leave when they were in the first floor or she'd kill him. And that is when he finagled the knife from her and slit her throat doesn't make sense though because then it's like the majority of the blood was found in the basement Mm -hmm. and he said that this all happened in the main level okay Uh, so physically the first story made more sense but it implicated planning Mm -hmm. uh april 20th of 2022 he was arrested he was charged with first degree murder first degree criminal tampering for and fourth degree criminal possession of a weapon uh, even with his confession twice, he pleaded not guilty and he faces up to 25 years in to life in prison. Um, the investigation is still kind of going on and the trial is pending and we'll have to just like come back for updates because yeah. as of right now, they just are trying to gather the information so they can have a trial because it is like five months ago. Right. Um, yeah so uh it was a crazy story too. it's so weird mm-hmm. like and the third guy they never like from what i could find they never really got into it so i don't know if it's like genuinely he just had no deal with anything else during that day so they didn't like right. talk about him and not that i don't i don't agree with extramarital affairs but you don't get murdered over it you know no. what i mean yeah so it's not a reason to be murdered no so uh but, yeah so that's... i'm excited to hear what happens and if any more weird things come out about it oh, it's terrible good job <laughs> thanks have you heard i have to tell you this quick 
have you heard about the news story about the girl who was found like on a highway and they picked her up and brought her to the police and she had been tied to a bed for two weeks and she chewed through her arm restraints escaped the trailer that she was in i haven't read much about it but i did see a headline about it well when they went in to find the bodies the bodies were that of her mother and brother and they had been living in that trailer with that her mother's boyfriend and they had killed her he had killed her mother and brother and their bodies were just in the trailer I mean, still, yeah. there's still stuff coming out of it, about it, but right. she was tied to a bed for multiple weeks and she <sighs> eventually chewed through her arm restraints and escaped. Wow. And then do you remember the Turpin story you told? Yes. Oh yeah. No, I've seen all those updates. Yeah. Where they were in foster care and foster system. Like five of the they kids. Them. They've been more abused in foster care and just like I wouldn't say worse, but very no. different and really bad. Yeah. So that's like fun. sexual abuse of... and. Oh, and then some dude went crazy in Dayton and killed four people. It was oh. on the world news tonight and it happened on Friday. And on Friday, Nick came over and we forgot to shut the garage door and did not lock the door into the house. So he's on the run. They haven't caught him. And I'm like, cool. He could have come into our house and murdered us all. We need to be more. Let's be vigilant about a little bit more vigilant about shutting the fucking garage door (laughs) and locking all the doors. Oh, God. Oh, God. So, hey, thanks for listening. Spread the word. Spread yourselves, kids. We got to go because Zoom's going to kick us off again. These are fucking assholes. Don't worry. I figured it out. Now I just need to get it all synced up. So next time it won't be so weird. Okay, bye. (laughs) Okay, bye. I love you.